Hello and you're very welcome to this week's On Track with Talking Dogs. My name is Rory Burke. My guest this week hails from County Kildare. Since taking out his trainer's licence, he has enjoyed a very fruitful time. He's extremely passionate about breeding, rearing and racing. My guest this week is Sean Conway. So uh, thanks Sean for joining us on this week's podcast. No problem Rory, thanks for having me. I suppose, first of all, for our listeners, tell us a little something about your own background and your involvement with dogs. Um, well, I suppose dogs have been in our family um, definitely since I was born. Anyway, they were always around. But my father, he's a farmer here um, by trade. and He always used to say, bred a brood bitch every now and again. And he had bitches coming along. And um, he he would have bred a good dog before um, called Borough Classic. And he went on. He won a big final down from L and on race final. And I suppose... From his point of view, well, my grandfather on my mother's side and my nanny on my mother's side would have also had dogs as well, but from that point of view, I'd say that's what got it going in our house, really. And then he had another good bitch at the time as well, a staying bitch called Borough Park. And we saw her bred her, and then it sort of got the ball rolling, we were on that line, and we bred a few dogs off that and had a bit of luck and all that sort of thing. Now, I was in secondary school at the time, and there was always, you'd be going Monday and Tuesday, you'd be tipping there to Harold's Cross, Probably no homework done, but some some bit was scribbled on a piece of paper the next day. But then, as I got older, then I was about fifteen or sixteen. I started to go over and give Jerry Amelia over in Robertstown a hand uh, with the dogs. And look, when Jerry was going big there with Harold's Cross at the time in Shelburne, like you were Monday, Tuesday, Friday in in Harold's Cross, and then it was Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday in Shelburne. Like it was, it was full on. Jerry had a lot of races then. And, a week wouldn't go by where you wouldn't have a winner, you know, and it was it was great to be involved in them sort of dogs at a young age. Um, like really opened my eyes to what sort of good dogs and all that sort of thing and if that was most weekends. Well every single weekend really, um, I was over there and then holidays from school I used to stay there, um, just do the dogs week in, week out and it was great to look what I learnt there was Jerry would have been a shrewd character, like he he was well able to train a winner, and then his brother Paddy was heavily involved as well. Um, two great men with dogs, you know, and I suppose what I learned there, you want to be keeping your eyes open the whole time. You pick up on something. But obviously you picked up some wonderful, invaluable experience with Jerry. Yeah, definitely. Like, and even tipping off there to racing with him, like, and you'd be handling dogs and picking out, watching out for injuries and all that sort of thing and getting a dog ready for a race and... Um, this, uh, Jerry done it, has been there, done it all. Like he's had, he's ran through Derby finals. Very unlucky not to train a winner with Holy Cross Leah and Len Corby said a few years ago. Um, look, Jerry knows all about handling a good dog, and he's still handling good dogs. He won the Texas Club Puppy Derby not too long ago. And look, I actually was up against him on Tuesday night in Shelburne. I had a good pup runner, and Jerry had a dog runner. And I looked at the card and I seen Jerry had one runner, and um, I just in the last race and I said. If I see Jerry up here, I know my face. And um, watch him, he won by five lengths. So that's Jerry. He won't come up for one runner for nothing anyway. But it's a brilliant way for any young fella that's um, interested in getting involved in the sport is to go in and learn from one of the top lads, isn't it? Oh, definitely, definitely. Like it op- opened my eyes big time to what's involved, like the nitty gritty things. Like let's just say, just to get to get the top dog over the line, um, just. Uh, basically minding a dog, making sure he's sound, making sure he's happy, making sure his bed clean, making sure he's clean water, everything like that. Like, 
that was all just second nature over Amelia's and uh, look, it was brilliant. And just the way it goes. And I suppose as I got older then, school sort of started to become more important. And as I got close to my leaving years, my mother was waiting for me here more Sunday evenings. They were saying, like, leaving starts coming now. May just have, have a look at things. So I sort of took a step back from the dogs then and sort of concentrated on the leaving cert. And got on well. And I got an agricultural degree in Galway in GMIT so um, I went away and done that and so dogs daddy was still tipping away here at dogs we'd always have dogs and I'd always still be going most weekends and meeting up and parading let's just say the dogs for ourselves and all that sort of thing and then um, just when I finished college then um, I sort of started to mess around with a few of myself and started training and we got lucky now between myself and my father we um, we bred a few nice ones and we got them when they sold and we sort of made good money and so I got the knack for it then, like we said, you might drive this a bit more and we started to breed a few more bitches then and so that's where the interest in here came then, you know. And as you say, you started training and um, your operation there, I suppose, started just growing and growing. You've about 18 race dogs now, is it, Sean? Yeah, about 18 race dogs there now at the minute. Now, um, now a few of our own, they're just starting off to be included in that, but um, it's not really... Um, sort of by accident I sort of ended up getting my trainer's license really we were sort of training a few dogs ourselves and we got a few winners but then some people let's just say were buying dogs and said to leave, a Brit- leave them with us and sort of happened like that and then another few lads say here will you take a dog for me took them on and we had a bit of luck and it sort of took off really to be honest and then um, we got lucky there with a few good dogs throughout the year like this is my first year training now we're nearly hitting 20 winners this year and which is good, and there's a few open class dogs in the mix there as well. But it just it just sort of just sort of happened really by accident, really. Like I was happy enough, let's say, breeding our own and selling on a few. But then, as we started to take in a few dogs, it was, it was a regular income coming in, and it was guaranteed sort of money. Like, and look, we start to have good luck and good owners, and that's all about really. And as you mentioned there, almost having 20 winners, that's tremendous success in a relatively short period of time. And great success um, at the moment in the Ledger and earlier on with the Puppy Oaks. Yeah, we've done well there in the Puppy Oaks this year with a bitch, um, Sootie Centurion. She's actually owned by my grandfather, Pat Tierney. Um, Pat Tierney was a sergeant um, in the guards for many years, but he's all, he always had greyhounds. And then he got into selling greyhounds and all that when he was retired over to England, over and back. Plenty of lads would know him. But he, um, he, he, a Christmas Eve, I went into him and he said to me, do I have any dog out there now with you? And I said, no, no dogs. Are, are. He had one bitch and she um, won two races, but she'd done a race. And he said, well, get me a good dog. And I said, I thought, said, yeah, yeah, as you do. Like, and he said, no, I'm telling you now, get me a good dog. So I said, I have a bitch at home out there. And I said, I think she's fairly good. And she won her first race in 28.82 in Newbridge, coming from behind, a nice tidy run. And the Puppy Oaks was coming up, and it, we, I never really went into a major competition, and I was sort of him and home whether or not we go. So I gave her two runs up in Shelburne, and she done 28.90 before the Puppy Oaks started. And we said, here, look, we'll throw her into it. Now, it, it turned out very hot, but she was beating a short head in the first round, and um, very unlucky to win, um, and then the next round she qualified and she's like coming up into the semi-final of the Puppy Oaks. And I only had my trainer's license now at this stage, two or three months. And it was just it was a great buzz around. And um, 
like at home here talking dogs was just starting on the telly and like I could hear the pretending videos of me are of the watching the race here at home up in the telly and everyone be cheering and my grandfather and there's nobody could go behind closed doors at the time and I'm sure if everyone was if everyone was allowed to go at the time we would have had Shelburne Hoffman over but um that's just we had good luck and look we got bowed out in the semi finals but since then she's kicked on and went day one herself and came in heat then and she came back there now she's done a nice little trial for us unofficially um, during the week so we say we'll be re-qualifying her soon and now like I said the St. Ledger as well um, this, that's brilliant like that dog we don't actually have him that long um, he came in there about 12 or 15 races ago but since he came in he's just absolutely, he's blown me away compared to um, just the minute he came he started to absolutely shine and we put him into a race or two in Newbridge, and he was running well, but just not getting over the line. And then one night, he, he hopped out, and he'd done 28.73 in an A3, and put him up to A1, and I said, oh, we might be in a bit of trouble here now. But then he came up, and he'd done 28.60 in Newbridge, then he'd done 28.40 in Newbridge. And I said, maybe now we're, we're sort of tagged now, we may go to Shelburne, and maybe this could be the end of it. But brought him up to Shelburne, first run, 28.25 absolutely lifted the lid out of it and that dog like he since went on and on we ran him in the first round at St. Ledger there now and he was I think he's the third fastest to the to the third bend um, just behind Park Blake and Sing Along Sally which is look it's unbelievable he, he was, probably would have been a good winner if there had been a small bit of trouble in behind him like you had Kibal and Psycho and the Rowley dog coming behind us and they're, they're strong players they've all won over 575 or 600 so it probably made us look like we didn't stay, but I think we did stay. We done twenty nine eighty seven, and it's probably staying. Like it's staying five fifty good enough. I think so. So we're in the next round. We're in the hat, and hopefully things will go well. We'll still be in the hat next week. Yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully you will. And uh, also very very interested in breeding as well, there, Sean. Uh, very yeah, a lot of breeding now going on. We've um, since let's just say I finished college we sort of stepped up the breed now a bit and I'd say we have about 10 bitches made this year now we have the Stanas on the ground we have Ter Savannas we have Droopy Sydneys we have Ballymet Bulgers we have Skywalker Aces we have JT Jets and we have Spark Maestros you know like it's, it's busy but we, we like to sort of ship on pups and saplings like if we could sell half and keep half to sort of school and age and we get them going then and Hopefully to sell that that is our main game. Like we like to sell on dogs as much as we can. Like um, try get them going as best we can. But some of them stay. Like we have a dog there now belonging to my mother, Bar Iris. Looking like a right, very, very, very good dog as a young pup, and just had a few injuries, and he's just finding his way now. He's gone up to a one, and we still think there's more in him, you know. So he'd be sort of one of the dogs to stay. Like he had a few injuries, so probably wouldn't have justified selling them by the time we came to sell them then like but he's a good dog he won he won a 28.89 in Newbridge and or he's capable of a better run I think you know and the whole breeding side of the industry is hugely interesting isn't it yeah it is and look it's it's brilliant the IGB website and the Greyhound data website like you can look back on so much breed and so much lines it's invaluable and even there when you're selling a dog like we've we've a line there now um Brown Tina, she would have been a very good brew bitch for us, but her great grandmother is Tina Marina. And so like if you can say that there's a Derby winner back in it and people go back and research it, like it's brilliant. And then her her she was 
a full system to fight Aryan Blaze. And it just makes a lot of things easier when you're selling pups, when you can say these, and people can access this information. Like, like this This is, there's a champion stakes winner in the line, there's a derby stakes, there's a derby winner in the line, you know. But, um, look, it's great. But the breeding is, it's tough work. Like, like the pups, Daddy at home here now, he's brilliant. I mean, brilliant at pucking down bitches. We have a farm here as well, but we used to have 200 shows and, I remember when we were younger, we'd be coming down the stairs and there could be little lambs here and under a fire trying to get them right. But my father, that's where he learnt all that. He'd be pupping down bitches there, getting them in to suck and making sure they all come out right. He's brilliant, gifted at it. And the pups would thrive on. And then when they sort of come out into the fields, they sort of come into my hands and I'd be bringing them out, out for runs and be getting them going to gallop in the lower as they get older and bringing them out freedom we have a farm here and a cattle farm but like we have plenty of freedom for the dogs and we try to get them reared with as much freedom and sort of as wild nearly as possible really the way we do it to be out roaming free and then we'd let you say get them up and the gallop then and when they're kenneled up and getting them used to being leading and all that sort of crack and hopefully hopefully a derby winner or a classic winner will come over somewhere we're definitely breeding enough anyway there should be one somewhere and just talking there about uh, sales of dogs and that, it's quite healthy at the moment again, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. It is healthy there now at the minute. Um, or during the summer there, it was absolutely hopping out. It was brilliant. It was great to see. Now, coming down to this time of the year now towards the winter, things can flow off. Naturally enough, people don't want kennels full of dogs during the winter. Like, But um, no, it will pick back up. And like the sales down there, down the country, we won't really run the sales too much. We normally have a few clients and, We'd ring them up and we'd say, like, we have a dog here for sale and what you call them, lads would nearly take a word for it. But the way the sales are going now at the minute, that's what more people are, like, the online sales. People can watch the races online and they can put their bid on their dog and then it'll be brought over for them. Like, it's it's brilliant. Like, and you can see the trials online. Like, there's a dog there down in y'all is up to 9,000, I think, Kilkenny as well. Like, brilliant stuff. 60,000 turnover, Kilkenny in some sales, like. It's brilliant for uh, the breeding industry anyway. Of course, no matter what a grade your dog is, you're going to get a race for it. That's the good thing about this country. Yeah, it is. Now, it, it is, yeah, but still, I still think the greater dog is sort of missing out in um, in this country. The likes of, yesterday, say, your A5, your A6 dog. Especially now on our track in Newbridge, there's only one night racing in Newbridge. And it's ultra competitive. It's very, very competitive. If you have a dog, let's just say, in between A3, A4, and you got back grades to A5, it said, geez, he might have a chance now. But to be a dog, a pup in that, and he could blitz you out of it completely, you know, because there's not, as you said, that many dogs in. It's You're waiting two or three weeks for a race, so to, you could meet a hot one all the time. You could get very unlucky and meet an absolute hot one. And um, if your grader is probably a bit unlucky, so. <sighs> You'd kind of like to see more racing like that. Now, the bags meeting is doing very well and all that, but like I said, we don't have one of them in Newbridge or anything like that. But you'd like to see more the more chance for the great dogs. Like, the open scene is flying, absolutely flying. Like, we're messing around there with open dogs with um, with Bardo Lad and Moonstruck and Centurion and Bar Eris and all that. But that's absolutely happening. But then the likes of the greater, you're just struggling to get him that win. Even though he's doing his time, like, we have a dog, he could come forth in an A4 and go up to A3 and then he has to go back three more to get back to A4 and come meet another hot one you know it's, that's the tough part and it's the tough part to explain that the owners are fine 
when you have a dog who could be there, but it's just meeting the wrong dog each time. But I think if there was more racing, you you might dodge that. Do you know what I mean? You mentioned Newbridge there. That's obviously a track very close to your heart. Yeah, very close. I am the first dog track I ever went to was Newbridge, and I remember my father had a bitch in training with Lara Wall, the Borough Park bitch. She flew off the last end and came up and won, and I'll never forget. I had one your on her that that night, and um, she won. That was probably my first bet, and I won't be a big gambler at all, but that was my first bet on the dog, and that's probably where the love really did start. And then um, Newbridge is a brilliant track. Mo Dempsey there looked after the track, and we schooled there every Monday night, and Mo has the track absolutely perfect. You very rarely see a dog go wrong on it, and then Joyce makes the car there. She's racing manager, and she does a great job, and she always says you're solving the right grade anyway. She always do her best for you and try to get you on. And she'd never let your dog go out with time or anything like that. And like Martin Sweeney's running the greyhound owners and breeders, breeders there. And like he's doing Trojan work, he's stakes there the whole time. And which is always um, trying to look after the locals anyway. Like Monday night there, trialing. If you're not booked in and you chance your hand going over, you don't have a chance. It's booked out. There's people there schooling dogs. It's so safe. It's so, it's so good. There's, um, a lovely, it's a lovely running track. It's kind of a track you'd like to see doing a good bit better. Like, kind of missing that major stake. Like, it used to have the Texas Claw and the Cox Cup. Like, them nights, it used to be a Sunday night final. And it used to be hopping when I was younger. It'd be absolutely hopping. And what state do you think the sport is in overall? Um, I do think, as regards, let's say, young people coming in, there's a load, lot, lot, lot of people my age. I'm 27 now, and there's a load of people my age training dogs. If you go up to Shelburne there, or any, even around Newbridge as well, there's uh, most of the trainers are all young. Like let's just say, like I young, even under 40, under 50, like definitely to be young trainers like that. But there's people my age now, let's just say between the 20 and 30, and their license, they're, they're taking out their license, they're getting winners, and they're heavily involved in it. And like, it's name loads of trainers there as much as you can now starting to take out their, les- their license now um, and they're doing well as well you know and then you have Shane Dowling and all these dogs there for his father his Emma Buckley and look the list, all the Hennessy's are involved look the list goes on I, as far as I can see the young people but I would like to see I would like to see the game being promoted more I know we're in the bad light there for a while but I, I can't see any reason why we should be in a battle, like why we are tarnished, that maybe it's our own downfall that we have been tarnished in that way. Because, like, Greyhound, as far as I can see, like, no dog, if he's not looked after, will run a race in, if it will be as Greyhound, the fight to fight. Look, the minding in dogs is, is second to none. Like, they're minded. I have a girlfriend there now, and she, she'd say that I mind the dogs better than myself, and it's probably true. Do you think anything else could be done, maybe, to attract more younger people in? I suppose um, the promotion of syndication, I know that was going on, but I've sold a pup now to, actually my cousins, and they bought a pup, now they're in their 20s and 30s, and they bought a pup off me, and I used to send them a few videos of them starting off trialing, and they would have seen them, and they would have put them into other WhatsApp groups, and here, lo and behold, I sold another two dogs, another two syndicates. You know, and I think it's an easy way for people to get involved in it, but as regards training dogs prize money has to come into it a lot like you have to be trying to make a viable living out of it you know like trying to make money out of it um, you have to be winning the whole time and sometimes when the race is let's say 200 euro like and you have plenty of dogs at home like it's 
team, but if there was a bit of a boost on the prize money and a bit more, let's just say, life at the tracks as well, like if you could get backs filled and there'd be good prize money going then, like that's where people will entice coming into it as well. And before we leave you go, just give us a few dogs there to keep an eye on over the uh, coming weeks. Um, well, I suppose we have a few nice ones there now without giving away too much information, but <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose the well ones that are well graded now. Moonstruck now is a right good bitch I have. She actually ran in the Irish Oaks this year and um, came a season just at the time. She contested an AAO final in, in Shelburne in an over 575 and she done 31-30. But she was back graded to 8-2 after coming back in season and she won and put herself back up there one. But I think she's a good bitch and Oh, I think she's a right, but she'll definitely go back to AO again. And then, um, I suppose, Barjo's absolutely flying. If we can get a good run out of him in the ledger. Um, then we have Bora Harris. Man flew. He won his first race in 28.77, but he's plenty of niggles. And he's just coming right now, maybe at the right time. And, oh, we have a few little pups there, but I'd be afraid a bookmaker knew to be listening. <laughs> Listen, thanks for joining us on this week's podcast. Can Kenny wish you nothing but the very best of luck and we'll chat to you shortly. Thanks very much. Thanks, Rory. That's it for this week's On Track with Talking Dogs. My thanks once again to Sean and my thanks to you as always for listening. My name is Rory Burke, inviting you to join me again next week right here for a brand new On Track with Talking Dogs podcast.